Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. The case for support actually takes quite a long time to develop, largely because it takes multiple stakeholders signing off on it and having their view on it. But to begin with, what it starts with is the main fundraising team. So the development office within the school, whoever it is that's leading fundraising for the school, taking out a couple of blank sheets of paper and brainstorming a structure for that case for support, an impactful narrative for that case for support that's going to really entice people to give to your project. People have all sorts of choice these days with regards to how to use their money. And especially within the philanthropic world, there are many hundreds of thousands of charities that they could be supporting. You have to persuade them that your fundraising project is where they should put their philanthropic pound. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where we're talking about creating an impactful case for support. So a case for support is a phrase that we use within the fundraising world, and it's basically a narrative, the story that you're going to tell around your fundraising project. What is the transformation that you're seeking to have? To be frank, why should people care? Why should people donate and actually give you precious money from their pocket and the time of day seeking to gain their attention in a busy world of communications messages that they're receiving? So creating an impactful case for support is a core part of the preparation for any fundraising project or campaign. And this week, we're going to talk about three methods that you can use to create that impact through your case for support. Really quickly, before we dive into the detail, I want to make sure that you make the most of the time you invest listening to this podcast. And the best way to do that is to make sure you grab a copy of my free ebook, The Strategic Independent School Leader. 
It outlines how to answer the six essential questions that will clarify your school strategy and secure its future. In the world of business, strategy can be full of jargon, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is a jargon-free tool tailor-made to help private school leaders think and act more strategically. Download your free copy today at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash ebook. Okay, so first of all, before we dive into these three ways of creating your case for support, let's just define what I mean by a case for support first, because I know that different people use this terminology slightly differently. So when I talk about a case for support, what I mean is an internal working document, which is basically the depository, the place where you put all of the relevant information about your fundraising project. Eventually, it will be the basis for your brochures and fact sheets, the answers that you might be giving to questions that people are asking around your campaign. So almost like an FAQ document. Eventually, people will get to see the the different elements that are within your case for support. But to start with, we are talking about an internal working document, which is going to be evolving and changing over time which is refining and finessing the details around your fundraising project so that everybody who's involved internally is on the same page and everyone understands um, the information that we're committing to and putting out there into the world, but also so that the um, fundraisers know that they have sign-off to say certain things to donors because this case for support has been signed off internally. So the case for support will include some really beautifully crafted narrative around why people should give to your fundraising project. It should be emotive, it should be storytelling at its best, it should include testimonials from people who have already received a similar type of transformation or the impact that it's had on those people within your school, testimonials from donors. It should also include raw facts and figures so to do with the costings the time scale the different milestones that your project might meet along the way the different ways that that funding that you're raising is actually going to be used and targets for your project over the medium term as well so the case for support actually takes quite a long time to develop largely because it takes multiple stakeholders signing off on it and having their view on it but to begin with what it starts with is the main fundraising team, so the development office within the school, whoever it is that's leading fundraising for the school, taking out a couple of blank sheets of paper and brainstorming a a structure for that case for support, an impactful narrative for that case for support that's going to really entice people to give to your project. People have all sorts of choice these days with regards to how to use their money and especially within the philanthropic world there are many hundreds of thousands of charities that they could be supporting you have to persuade them that your fundraising project is where they should put their philanthropic pound so when we're starting with a new project or indeed when you've got a slightly tired may i say case for support maybe a case for support they've been using for a while or one that you've never been entirely happy with 
there are three ways, three kind of um, exercises that you can use for yourself. It's great to do these as team exercises, bring your whole development office together, bring other stakeholders in who want to be involved as well for a little bit of a, a kind of a workshop that you can run internally to brainstorm all the different elements that could be within your case for support. So the first of these three exercises is to think about how your fundraising project and this all of these exercises can work for any type of project. So it could be a buildings project, it could be a bursaries project or anything at all within your school. Firstly, how does your project strategically impact your school? Why has your school selected this fundraising project as being so important that you're going to be putting your time and energy into it and asking others to donate to it? So the easiest way to do this is if you have a strategic plan for your school, you need to read that plan sentence by sentence and brainstorm all of the ways in which your project connects to every single element of that strategic plan. Now, you will find that some will be a little tenuous, shall we say, but others of these connections will create really compelling framework for your case for support. So for example, within the academic sphere, let's say you're fundraising for sports facilities, for example. Within the academic sphere, obviously a central part of every school's strategic plan, or should be anyway, there are many, many research um, papers and reports that outline that young people who are physically active are also benefit in terms of their academic achievement. So they're able to concentrate more, they are able to work as a team more effectively, they feel a sense of community and therefore a sense of belonging through sport, which can help them academically. It can also help them pastorally through their mental health. Obviously, sport contributes to the offerings that your school has around co-curricular, thinking about how your sports centre might be used by your local community, as well as thinking through how it might um, impact on the finances of your school and and the kind of the underlying business model, if you like, of your school. So for any project, you can chart to brainstorm all of the different ways that your strategic plan is delivered by this particular project. Now, I work with a lot of fundraisers who don't have the clarity of a strategic plan for their school. If that's the case for you, thinking through what your head, what your senior leadership team, your chair of governors has said around certain areas that are key to your school so academic co-curricular pastoral community or service related projects and then the kind of foundational elements of running a good business basically so how you're developing your people your facilities your finance everything to do with the way your business model works if you go through each of those in turn you'll basically be hitting all of the elements that your strategic plan should have (laughs) have been thinking about and in its absence those are the areas that you can think about so I, I'm quite a visual thinker and when I do workshops with people I often will use a whiteboard or flip charts in order to get multiple people up there drawing their ideas out visually in front of the group so there's a sense of maybe a spider diagram or kind of a mind map that emerges with all of these interconnections and links and what you're eventually looking for is the strongest links that are going to really tell the story of your project but to begin with you need to understand what all of those links are. So that's exercise number one. Exercise number two, the second way that you can create an impactful case for support is to place yourself in the shoes of your stakeholders. 
have a think about all of the different groups of people that you're going to want to involve in your fundraising project. So your staff, your pupils, your parents, your alumni, your local community, um, your governors, your senior leadership team, all of the people who you need to engage in this project. In turn, place yourselves in those shoes and think through firstly, what's important to them? What do they really care about? How can you create linkages between your project and what those particular stakeholders really care about and therefore they're willing to make a philanthropic donation? So again, taking that sports facilities example, if you're in a very academically focused school and your parents, generally speaking, are really focused on academic results, then maybe what's important to them might not initially be sports facilities. So you need to tell the story of about that link between sport and academic achievement so that they understand why that's important. So think through what's important to each of your stakeholders. And then also think about the questions that they're going to ask. Now, this is going to help you to overcome objections. So in in fundraising, in fact, this comes from sales techniques as well. We talk about potential donors having objections. These are the things that they will say, oh, I can't give because dot 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 fill in the gaps those objections you need to be able to overcome in your case for support so what questions are they going to ask what objections are they going to have to giving to this project and then once you've brainstormed what all of those questions are the obvious next step is to brainstorm the answers how are you going to answer those questions how are you going to make sure that you can help them to overcome their objections to giving to your project And what that helps to do is when we're talking about the narrative here, but we're also touching on those facts and figures that come into the case for support as well. So if you think that major alumni donors are going to be asking serious questions around the performance of your endowment, for example, if this is an endowment related fundraising project, then you need to have that information in your case for support at your fingertips ready for those conversations to happen. Similarly, if they're going to be asking about the ways in which bursary donations might be increasing the number of bursaries, or maybe you're planning to shift to more transformational, so more towards like 100% bursaries, then again, you need to have the facts and the figures at your fingertips in your case for support ready to answer those questions. So that's exercise number two. Think about it from your stakeholders' point of view. And then the final exercise that I recommend is around balancing the need for your case for support to include a kind of a rational data evidence based information set and an emotional driven narrative. Now, these two elements both need to be present in your case for support, and this is for a number of different reasons. Firstly, different types of donors are driven in different ways. So some donors will will be drawn in by the emotional narrative and that's enough for them and they're willing to, to make a donation. Others will be very, very much wanting to drill down into the evidence base and the data and the kind of rational timeframes and costings and all the details around your project. So different types of donors like to approach their philanthropy in different ways and you need to be ready for both. The other reason you want a balance between both this idea of a kind of a rational and an emotional um, element to your case for support is because your case for support is where you will dip in for your key messages throughout your campaign. 
And for different parts of what you're doing, you will want either rational or emotional key messages. Often in short social media posts, for example, we're looking for short, punchy, emotional statements. Often testimonials can be really effective. Storytelling can be really effective, but it has to have kind of an emotional pull to get people's attention really fast. When people are then thinking about making a significant commitment, maybe they're thinking about a significant donation, often people want to know some of the facts and figures and they go through that stage of the decision making process. And then at the end, when they're making that final decision about whether to sign that cheque, they often then want to be reminded of that emotional pull that they have towards this particular project. So if your case for support can be balanced and have all sorts of emotional and rational kind of evidence based content, you will have the variety that you need in order to pick out the messages they're going to work for donors as they go along that journey. So those are the three areas that I suggest you look at if you're looking to either create an impactful case for support from scratch, or if you're feeling that your current fundraising case for support is feeling a little bit tired and needs a bit more oomph behind it. So firstly, thinking about how it connects to your strategy, your school strategy, and why it's strategically important that this transformation happens, that your project will deliver. Secondly, thinking about it from your stakeholders' point of view. And then thirdly, just making sure as you start to draft it that you have a balance of the rational, evidence-based side of things and the emotional narrative to grab people's attention. Fantastic. That's it for this time. Do let me know if you need any help on these areas. These are often areas that I work with fundraisers on, both in my retainer service. So talking to people on a monthly basis around helping them to be more strategic in their fundraising and also in the fundraising strategy workshops that I run for schools as well. So just reach out if I can help in any way. Wonderful to talk to you this week and talk to you again next time. Have a strategic week. Bye bye then. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.com dot co dot uk slash podcast. <laughs>